Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. What most people do is settle in the land of apathy. They let go of their enthusiasm and interest in pursuing the life they want to create and instead settle in the land of apathy. I used to do that. They believe this is as good as it gets. They believe, this is a big lie, it is safe to live here. In this land of apathy, there will not be any losing face moments as they won't fail. They will not have to feel fear or anxiety of their pursuit not working out. They will not have to listen to other people's criticisms of who do you think you are? That's not possible for you. Or of course you fell down. Like that's something to be ashamed of because as we know here, falling down is part of the process of achieving your goal. In today's deep dive, I'm talking about why the land of apathy is actually unsafe and filled with tremendous pain. And if you live here, it will get worse. My clients are constantly trying to tell me that, no, no, Corinne, this is really where I want to be. I, I, I really want this. And the land of apathy can be an example of, Maybe the result that a client will want is to be in a loving and connected relationship. And they'll immediately get on the call and say, oh, I'm just not ready. It's okay. I, I really don't want to ha- be in a relationship. And, I'm, I, and I always say, but that's why we're doing this work. You want to be in a loving and committed relationship. No, it's, it's just too scary. So what happens when they don't pursue what it is that they want? You lose confidence in yourself right? Because what's the subtle message? The land of apathy, when you're living in the land of apathy and you believe that you really can't have what you really want, it's that you're not good enough, right? We keep going back to the not enough. Oh, that's not possible for me. It's possible for other people. There's something wrong with me. I'm bad. I'm not good enough. And we focus on that and then we get stuck and we beat ourselves up and we stop being our own best friend. We don't have our own back. And we say things to ourselves that we would never say to a good friend. And those shame gremlins are just having a big old party in the back of your head. And that's what happens when you sit in that land of apathy, thinking, oh, see, this is actually where I want to be. I I don't want to pursue it. Maybe it's going after a job that you want. And instead of figuring out, okay, this is what I want to have. This is my next step. We go into the, oh, I don't know, or I can't have it or into the fear instead of what do I need to do? Or really, here's one, really getting clear on what you want. That is one of the most vulnerable questions. What do you want? What do you mean? What do I want? I don't know what I want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just another numbing technique. <laughs> if we say, I don't know, then we don't have to be responsible and actually do the work and show up. So this, this land of apathy, we lose confidence in ourselves, And then we get more and more stuck in it and more and more stuck in it and build a huge caseload of evidence of here's why it's not possible. 
this is just where I belong. So whether it's, again, not being in a loving, committed relationship, maybe being alone or being in a job that you don't like, or maybe not having deep connected friendships and being in the shallows and that one, it's like, well, this is just as good as it gets. And this land of apathy is really, really painful. And it's painful because here's the deal. Is it really safe to listen to those messages that are in your head that are swirling around constantly all day long in your head? It's not safe. And we have to stop lying to ourselves about it. And this happens all the time with my clients. No, Corinne, this is just really where I want to be. I'm like, but wait. And they, they forget that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because of the messages that they tell themselves. You know, what are the messages about you when you believe this is as good as it gets? What are the messages? It's not possible for me. I'm not good enough. I want too much. There's something wrong with me. Of course, so-and-so can have it, but I can't. It's so much easier for them than it is for me. I'm not made to have that. Those are the messages. And when you tell yourself those messages, what do you usually feel? It's probably shame. I'm sure you're feeling fear. And you can get stuck in that swampland of shame. And you sit there and I used to do this. Remember, I was the queen of pitching a tent, building a campfire, and then inviting people. And I would tell them my stories over and over and over of woe is me. Here's what happened to me. And over and over and over. And I would exhaust them and the next person would come in and I'd exhaust them and the next person would come in. And none of that felt any better. Instead, it's about, okay, I can feel fear and shame and I can move through it. Now, anxiety might come and show up because all of a sudden it's like, ooh, is this really going to work out? Well, we don't know. Let's go try it out. Let's experiment. Oh, but you could lose face. But really, what face are you going to be losing? Will people really notice when you fall down? And so what? Is it other people's opinions? Or is it your own opinions about yourself that matter? And really, that is huge work to do for all of us of really letting go of other people's judgments and go, okay, what is it that I believe about myself? What is it that I'm willing to do? And believing that when I fall down, I can get back up because that's the process. That is the process of achieving any goal is there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be falling down moments. And it's about making it so that it doesn't mean that when you hit an obstacle, there's something wrong with you or that when you hit an obstacle, it is not possible. It's an obstacle. You have to figure out, are you going to go through the obstacle? Are you going to go around the obstacle? How are you going to go through that obstacle? How are you going to move it so that you can continue on your journey to create the result that you want? When I do work with clients, one of the things that we take with the obstacles, they pursue what they want. And then one of the things that comes up is what are the obstacles? And we take those and we make them into things that they need to do? What are the strategies that obstacle presents? What are the strategies to overcome it? And then that becomes one of their to-do items that they put down to go and do. So often, like in this situation with the land of apathy, the big obstacle in getting out is our own mindset. So one of the things to do is to do a brain dump, set your iPhone, set a timer for five minutes, write 
everything down, right? All the stories about why the land of apathy is so great for you, you know, what it is that you're afraid of if you really pursue what you want, write it all down and take a look at that. And then notice like what are what's really true, what are lies, what is the thing in there that is causing you the most pain? And then from there, do your work, do your mindset practice. When you tell yourself this thought, how do you feel? And remember, a feeling is a word. It's not a sentence. I feel uh, like dirt is not a feeling. <laughs> so I've had a client for years try to convince me it was. She's now over it. But for years, she's tried to convince me, no, I feel like dirt. She now knows her feelings. So what is the feeling? And when you feel that way, how do you act? Typically, the feeling is shame. It's the voice of I'm not enough. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm bad. And typically when people are in shame, they either hide away and numb. They can disconnect either with food, social media, alcohol, TV, reading books. They're just numbing because they don't want to face the world. The other one is they can approve a whore. Let me, let me people please you. Let me whore myself out to you so that I can get your approval so that I don't have to feel the shame. Or the other one that most people typically do to themselves is they go inner gladiator and they just start beating the crap out of themselves over and over. See, this is impossible for you. What's wrong with you? You know, if you were a better person, this wouldn't be happening. You did this wrong. You're bad. It's that constant voice in the back of your head. You're not enough. If you were just smarter, if you just had another degree, if you just made more money, if you were 20 pounds lighter, right? If you just got that promotion, then you could prove to everybody who you are, right? It's all this external stuff and it's just beating yourself up. And the other part of gladiator is gladiator on other people where you puff up and go gladiator. Typically, with myself and my clients. It's those that are closest to us. It's those safest relationships. So it can be our spouses, our kids, the, you know, our parents that we know that we can blow up at them, but they will still be here, you know, and it, it may hurt those long-term relationships over time, but it's safer versus you're typically not going to blow up at a boss unless it's like the last straw has been hit. Those are the people we typically approval whore with. So when we have those feelings of shame, how do you act? And when you act in one of those ways, what's the result? Does it mean that you're moving through the land of apathy? Absolutely not, right? We need to get into those better feeling states of confidence or empowered and, or even being courageous of, I'm going to feel courage. Okay. And so maybe the new thought is I can do new things. I can learn things and, and dial up that feeling of courageous as you move through and learn, okay, what are the things that I want in my next job? Or being courageous and saying, okay, I'm going to go on a hundred dates. I'm going to make this inevitable. I'm going to go on a hundred dates. And that's typically one of the things that I'll have my clients do is go on a hundred dates because you just go and it's like, okay, that one's done. And the next one until you can find the person you want. Often when I say to somebody say, oh yeah, I tried that. You know, I said, oh, and it's not even dating. This happened this week. It's like, oh, yeah, I tried that. I go, well, um, it was about meeting people. This client wanted to meet people. I said, oh, have you ever tried meetups? Oh, yeah, I tried that. How many times? Oh, and I know the story was I tried that, but I mean, it never worked. The people weren't really my people. I'm like, well, how many times did you go? And she said, I went to two different groups once. 
Like, oh, how about you commit to like going to 20 different meetups and really finding your people? And you may need to go back over and over because the first time we walk in, we're walking in with all the shame. We're walking in with fear. We may not, our best selves may not be showing up. So we need to keep going back and we need to keep going back to pay attention. Like, where are my people versus having that blockade of walking in, collecting evidence that, see, this isn't going to work. I need to go back to the land of apathy. So when you want to do something, you're going to most likely, especially in the beginning, because you're so used to living in the land of apathy, feel fear or shame as you move through. You also want to dial up courage, dial it up and just remind yourself that I can be brave. This is me being brave. And yeah, sometimes being brave doesn't feel that good because anxiety likes to come with me or fear likes to come with me or vulnerability, which is uncertainty, emotional exposure and risk. They like to come with me. And it's okay. I can do this. And that is how you talk to yourself. I can do this. I can do hard things. I mean, what am I going to learn from this? And asking yourself those kinds of great questions and really focusing on that instead of focusing on the impossibilities, because those impossibilities are great evidence keepers for us to live in the land of apathy, because look, this is, this is what's possible for me. But the problem is, and this is what happens with my clients is they will settle for so long, and then they can't take it anymore. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was living in the land of apathy. I just thought, well, this is as good as it gets. I hated that movie, hated it. And this is as good as it gets. Who am I to complain? I want too much from the world. I want too much from life. That's not possible for me. And really the catalytic event was when I had my daughter and I was like, wow, you know, the world is so open for you. What is it that you want for yourself? And I was thinking that about her. And I thought, and then I had this pity party of, well, why am I thinking this of her? Why not of me? Oh, I'm too old at the age of 27. (laughs) I'm too old to change the trajectory, very fixed mindset. So therefore, I'm going to stay with this. And it's not possible for me. But of course, it's possible for her. And I'm just going to be really depressed. And that's okay, because I'll just eat three bowls of ice cream at night and numb myself out and then beat myself up. And that was my relationship with myself. I can tell you, living in the land of apathy was very, very painful. Living in the land of apathy created messages or I created messages because of what I made it mean by living there. It's like, that's not possible for me. This is all that you deserve too bad for you. You're 27. This is the rest of your life. It was pretty depressing. I felt like I was living in Groundhog's Day, but I had to be brave. I had to be courageous to do the next steps. And yes, was there fear? Was there doubt? Absolutely. And that's something I really want you to understand is that as you pursue what it is that you want, it doesn't mean you're like, Ooh, I'm feeling so great all the time. And I know we've talked about that on the show, um, about, you know, laws of attraction and all of that. And that's great. And I really believe in dialing up the feeling states that you want. But to move out of the land of apathy, know that especially if you're used to the the negative feeling state, and you've really lived in that negative feeling state, it doesn't just like go away with a wand, you're gonna have to do some de shedding of it. And and that's okay. It's okay that we have these negative feelings. It's not a bad thing. It's just giving us information. And the biggest information it's giving you is what are the thoughts that are creating this feeling? And that is the best news because if you have shame, if you have fear, if you have anxiety, 
then you can say, okay, well, what's the story behind this feeling? And then look at it, you know, and if it's that story, that redundant story of I'm not enough, like, what does that mean? What is enough? You know, when we compare ourselves to these, this, this thing of enough, and we don't even define it, what does it mean? We're never going to be able to reach it. You know, it's like what I've talked about before on the show about success. Like, well, what is success? You get to define it. Does it mean that you drive a certain car, live in a house, have a certain title, make amount of money? What is success? Have a degree, get married, not have a degree. What is success? The beauty is that you get to define it. And as, and then does it take care of your life in the manner that it what that works? So if you say, oh, well, success for me is making $10,000 a year. That's fine. Not, not a problem. As long as, but if it's success is making $10,000 a year and I'm going to support my family, we're going to live on that. You, my friends are very, very creative on being able to live off of 10,000 a year. It will in the U S maybe you can do that elsewhere. So there's a realistic component that goes with it of, okay, what is success? So if a success is that I want to make an income where I can take care of my family and, you know, we can go on vacations and, we have a home that we are comfortable in that not constantly in repairs. What is that number? And for so success for you, maybe that so for some people, success is making, you know, multiple six figures, millions of dollars, you built being a billionaire, you decide what success is for you. And the same thing happens in the swimming pool. You know, what is success? I was never an Olympian, but I consider myself, I had a successful career. You know, and there are some kids that they their career may go through high school, and that is great. And there are some kids who their success is they swam three summers of summer swim team, so they're now proficient in the sport of swimming, which is fantastic. So I give you that in the sense that what is success? What is enough? Define it, commit to it, go test it out, and see like, okay, how does this feel? Because when we have this arbitrary thing that's out there, we don't know you're in this hamster wheel because you can never complete it. So that is the, the, the solution. That is one of the solutions to this land of apathy. And the stories that we tell ourselves is one is defining what is enough because you're being told that you're not enough by yourself, right? Your brain, your brain is saying that, that you're not enough. And that's triggering shame, which is then having you stay in this land of apathy because that's your way to hide away and not dare greatly in your life. So really paying attention to these messages and figure out what is true and what is not. The other thing is that, you know, when we believe these messages that this is as good as it gets, it's not possible for me. I'm not good enough. I want too much. There's something wrong with me. What we're doing here is we are constantly story fondling and creating more prison walls about what is possible for ourselves in our lives. And we think it's harmless because it's like, oh, I'm just lazy. You know, really? Is it true that you're lazy? I have clients that tell me that all the time. And I'm like, really? You're lazy? And um, that's just not true. My clients are overachievers. They work really hard. Uh, but they may not, they use, oh, well, it's because I'm lazy that I didn't get the result. Like, is that really true? Or is it that you spent seven hours yesterday listening to podcasts instead of doing your work because you were listening to that voice in the back of your head that was saying, who are you to think that you're worth this project? Who are you to think that you can actually solve this problem? 
you don't know what the hell is going on, how are you going to find the way out for your client? Right? That's living in the land of apathy. It can look really good, like, oh, I'm learning, I'm getting inspired from a podcast or from seven podcasts, and then I'll be able to go and do this work versus really facing the work and saying, okay, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to commit to this, and I'm going to learn, and we'll look. Is it possible? Is it not possible? But until I go out there and actually be willing to do the work and take action or even massive action, I'm not going to know, right? It's just all these hypotheses that I'm sitting on the sidelines in the land of apathy saying, oh, well, this won't work. This won't work. But how will we know? You know, I often say to my clients, like, commit to it, go test it out. Well, I'm not sure if this is what I like. Well, go out there and do it. And that's how you'll get information. And I often say, do it more than once. Even on the swim team, when we have kids come and try it, I'm like, try out for three, three days. Do the first week, three days, get it done, and then evaluate after the last day. That first day, people are walking in, their tummies are hurting, like, especially with the kids. Like They're excited at first, and then I was like, oh my gosh, can I do this? And all that doubt and shame and fear come up for them. And so that first day can be muddied, but definitely by day three, they've got this. So do it, test it out. And then evaluate. And but before you even do it and test it out, you've got to change these stories of like, okay, it's not possible for me. I'm not good enough. Like, I am good enough. Change that story. Dial up the feeling of like, okay, I am good enough. Hopefully that'll create confidence for you. And then go take action. So you're going to have cognitive dissonance because there's going to be a voice in your head that says, I'm good enough. There's going to be a voice in your head that says, I'm not good enough. As you're like stepping off the land of apathy and it will happen. It's like, okay, here's the voice of I'm not good enough and shame is coming. And here's the voice of I am good enough and I have confidence. And and you just keep reminding yourself of I am good enough. I am capable of learning new things, right? You tell yourself a true story. Like I'm. if you are here, you are capable of learning new things because that is what we do. We are learners here, right? And so I am capable of learning new things is a great new belief and telling yourself those messages instead of indulging in those, those stories that keep us small, that keep us on the land of apathy. And I realize you may believe that, look, Karen, this all sounds great, but it's just so much easier to live here. I'm a really busy person. I've got a lot on my plate, you know, and this is, is what I deserve. And it's just easier to live here because I know what to expect. I know to expect this pain and misery. I know what's going to happen here. But the problem with that is it's a lie. Because if you go out into the arena and dare greatly, you're going to fall down. But I can tell you this, when you get to the other side and you blow your mind for whatever reason, whether it's being in a uh, loving relationship, cultivating friendships, doing work that really matters to you, right? Overcoming your money fears, whatever it is, losing weight, right? When you get to the other side, you're like, holy moly, look what I did. That is awesome. And to be proud of yourself is one of the coolest things. And to realize that you created X, whatever it was, is so fantastic. You sit there and go, holy moly. So you have this belief that it's so much easier to live here in this land of apathy. And I can just tell you this, it's a lie. It is just a lie. Okay. The thing that you're afraid of are your emotions. You're afraid of the shame and the fear and the judgment. And you believe that when you live in the land of apathy, you don't feel that because you've been numbing, right? But here's the thing. They're there. And it's like, you know, if you tend to uh, 
drink too much and you numb that night before. And then the next day you wake up, you feel even worse, right? Same thing with overeating. My clients will numb to not feel their feelings and they'll overeat. And the next day they feel worse and they're beating the crap out of themselves. And when I asked them later, so what happened? I was like, oh, well, I was comfort eating. It made me feel better. And I was like, well, did it? Well, no, just open the gateway for them to beat the crap out of themselves and to fill themselves with more self-hatred. And is that the relationship that you want to have with yourself? Really? One that is filled with self-hatred. So when you are in this arena and you're willing to dare greatly, yeah, those, those, your, those feelings, it's going to be vulnerable. It's going to be scary. There's uncertainty, emotional exposure and risk. But remembering that if you live in the land of apathy, you're feeling all those crappy feelings anyways, you're just numbing from them. So why not move through them and get to the other side? Because that's where it's awesome to be. Because you're not, when you live in the land of apathy, you are not living in safety. The the land of apathy does have fear and shame and you numb it. And the cost of numbing is high because wherever you go, it will be there until you do your work and understand what are the thoughts that are creating this feeling and really questioning, is it true? Because it's the stories that you tell yourself that are creating these feelings. And you think by staying safe in the land of apathy that you won't feel these feelings. But as long as the story is running through your head, it's going to continue. And then you collect evidence by living in the land of apathy. And when you move through the feelings and recognize the stories that you tell yourself that are lies and you pursue and you go after what you want and you're really deliberate about creating it, you get to the other side and then you change, you're changing your story or you've changed it before you even take an action. I am a person who can learn new things. I'm a person that can do hard things. I'm committed to being a loving, committed relationship. I do meaningful work. I am valuable, whatever those stories are. And you keep doing that and you keep showing up and you take action from that place of confidence and empowerment, you know, and wholeheartedness. That's when things change. So when you step into the arena, you will be afraid. That does not mean you're doing it wrong. We have the mistaken belief that if we're good enough, We won't have fear or anxiety as we pursue what we desire. It'll be there. It's okay. Know it's a feeling and you are already used to feeling those crappy feelings when you live in the land of apathy. So when you dare greatly, you are going to be afraid and be brave at the same time. Be courageous and you won't be able to move through it. Imagine you are dreaming of what you want. Imagine you are courageous. Imagine You are capable of feeling all the feelings, shame, frustration, anxiety, fear, and can move through them towards cultivating confidence, empowerment, joy, and happiness. Imagine you're on the other side of your journey of getting what you want, a new job, a loving relationship, connection with friends and family, being at your natural weight making money, having the amount of money that you want. Imagine being the person who creates what they want and builds a life for yourself. These results happen when you move out of the land of apathy and are willing to be afraid and courageous at the same time. Ready? Let's do this. It's time. 
If you're listening to this January, February of 2018, I'm really excited because last fall I started a new group coaching program enough and it's been awesome. My clients in the group are just rocking it out and it's been very powerful experience and I'm going to be running another group. So I want you to get signed up for the information list. I'll put the link in the notes. That way, when I do open it, you are the first to know about it and can get signed up. A bit about me, I'm a master certified life coach and a trained Daringway facilitator in Brene Brown's work. And for the past few years, I've worked primarily with my clients privately one-on-one as they did their shame work that Brene discusses in the show. And we've worked on loving themselves, practicing self-compassion and cultivating belonging in their life while letting go of perfection and the voices of you're not enough. The thing is with my clients is what got them here into successful positions, into being having degrees, into the life that thought that they wanted isn't working to for what they want to get there. So what got them here? will no longer work to take them to where they want to go in the next step. And that's what we work on in enough. So if you're finally willing to let go of your story of not being blank enough, good enough, smart enough, thin enough, right? You'll want to be part of my new group coaching program. Go to the link in the show notes and sign up to be the first to know about my enough group coaching program. Thank you so much for listening. I'm smiling big for you. She is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.